You're listening to Ghoul's Hollow, Memoirs of a P.I. Listener discretion is advised. The thumping down the hall grew louder. I went and opened the door, and as expected, my gentleman friend was leaning against the wall down at the other end of the hall. I watched him this time, trying to make a mental recording as I doubted my cameras would pick him up. He was slumped against the wall, one hand gripping a doorframe and the other clutching his stomach. His shoulders moved like he was breathing heavily, like he was trying to catch his breath. He then pushed himself off the frame and took a few shaky steps towards me before stumbling into the next door frame and leaning forwards like he was retching. It was 11.24. I heard the floor creak behind me, like weight shifting. I turned. No one. I went over to the wardrobe and pressed my ear against it, listening. I heard nothing. I waited. 11.25. The wardrobe door slowly creaked open. I looked into the crack, trying to see anything. The darkness within was so impossibly black, like the wardrobe itself was a dark, colorless void. No shadows, no movement. Nothing but emptiness. And anger. So much anger leaked out of that two-inch crack, I could feel it like tendrils of burning rage trying to wrap themselves around me. I was very glad I'd left those wardrobe chestnuts in place. Not yet. The words came out of the darkness, an angry whisper. The wardrobe door closed. 11.26 I heard a gentle humming from behind me, coming from the bathroom. I walked over and glanced in, however, there was no one. I still saw nothing. The humming grew louder, as if the person doing it was walking towards the bedroom. Towards me. The bathroom door moved slightly, as if somebody had just walked past. This time I could hear the floorboards creak again, like somebody was walking to the window. The curtains shifting like it was being brushed aside. 1127 the sigh. That disappointed sigh. The curtains moved again, going back into place. The floor creaked. Whoever was at the window was now pacing. 11.28. The man in the hall thumped again. Gentle footsteps, like someone barefoot on plush carpet, quickly ran towards the door. I hadn't heard them before because I had been quickly running towards the door. 11.29. The wardrobe door opened all the way. The shriek of the aged wood was so incredibly loud in the otherwise silent room. The floor groaned, like a weight was being pushed down on it. Why couldn't I see anything? 
I heard the barefoot pacers stop and the sound of them turning towards the wardrobe. The show was about to start, so I went to go get seated, settling back down on the bed to let things unfold around me, hoping I'd at least see something this time. The clock rolled over to 11.30. The door handle jiggled for a few moments. The floor creaked like somebody larger was moving towards the window. The door jiggled again and then a thudding noise, like somebody who couldn't maintain their balance was hitting their shoulder into the other side. A weak voice came through the keyhole. Open the door, please. There were then two sharp bangs and the light on the nightstand went out. And that's when I saw her. She stood with her back to me, her arms up and grasping the curtains like she was about to pull them closed. She wore a floor-length, sheer housecoat, one of those ones you'd picture on a thrice-divorced widow as she demanded you leave her house and stop accusing her of murder. Her hair was pulled up in a beautiful braided figure-eight style, and her hands were bare except for a delicate wedding band which glowed in the moonlight. The light came back on and she vanished. Open the door. Words echoed from the keyhole, soft thumps coming up from the other side. The light went out. She was back. Her back was still towards me, but she was closer to the bed, slightly bent at the waist, tilting back. Her arms were bent upwards. The light came back on. She was gone. The light went back out. She was back, even closer to the bed, but her back was still to me, and she was tilted to the back and to the side, arms still up. As I was trying to memorize her details, I saw something out of the corner of my eye. The hallway gentleman was now leaning on the doorframe. Since the door was closed, he was half in and half out, and the image was deeply disturbing. He stared at me with the one visible eye, his hand pressed over his side. There was definitely a wound there, and I could see blood soaking through his shirt. The light went back out, and she vanished, but he remained, leaning against the doorframe. He pushed himself against the frame and stumbled into the room, bumping into the furniture as he stepped towards the bed, collapsing across the foot of it. I felt the bed sag under his weight. He looked towards the window and I watched the light fade from his eyes before his head slightly rolled to the side. Dead. The light went off again and she was back, even closer to the bed with her back to me, one leg pulled up and both arms still up, almost like she was grasping at her throat. As I moved to get up so I could walk in front of her, the lights came back on and she was gone. I sighed and laid back onto the bed, my head hitting the pillow just as the lights went off one more time. Her face was right above mine, maybe a few inches from my nose. She was bent over the bed, leaning towards me. Her hands were at her throat, like she was trying to pull at something. A deep, dark mark was showing on her skin, like she had something wrapped around her neck. The light started flickering, and she remained in her frozen state, staring down at me. I reached out to touch her cheek, and my hand passed through her. I got up and stood next to her, and she remained perfectly still, leaning over the bed, still looking terrified. The lights continued to go on and off. Suddenly she fell forwards, face first onto the bed. The room went cold. 
she lay face down for a few moments before she turned. It wasn't a natural turn. It was like somebody had turned her. Her eyes stared at nothing, and her face was motionless. She was also dead. They will never find you. The words were cold, factual. Whoever had said them had zero empathy for what they'd just done. The lights went out and stayed off, and the room filled with darkness. The two ghosts remained on the bed for several more minutes before they slowly disappeared, like they'd been dragged off into nothingness. It was now 11.48, so the whole thing had happened in approximately a 30-minute period. I texted Dallas. This place is definitely 100% haunted. He messaged back a thumbs-up emoji. Rude. I went to check my cameras, hoping they may have caught something or another. My hall camera caught some of the thumps and bangs, and one picture in the hall had shifted from all the ruckus. The bedroom cameras weren't as successful. At least that's what I thought at first when I scanned the recordings. After making some minor adjustments, I noticed some shadowing. It was so slight, almost impossible to see. I wouldn't have noticed if I wasn't looking for it. The shadows appeared to be where the woman was standing at the window and following along towards the bed. After some more adjustments, two shadows could be made out, one slightly larger. That was likely the best I was going to get, but it was something. I listened to the audio by the window. A very, very faint woman's voice could be heard going, Yes, yes, you were right. Around 11.18pm, which was when I was standing at the window watching the gentleman outside. Had she been doing the same? Watching him crawl around in the dark before running off like he'd be returning? Other sounds picked up amongst my various devices were the keyhole, let me in please, voice, as well as a woman saying, why? And the, they will never find you. Even just hearing it on recording made my skin crawl. I gathered up my equipment and replaced the chestnuts, trying to stuff them in as tightly as they had been originally and hoping it was good enough for them to keep doing their thing. I got ready for bed and decided to at least enjoy the rest of my night in this fancy, definitely haunted hotel room. The bed was extremely comfortable, and if I ignored the fact that clearly a brutal double murder had happened here and was replaying itself nightly, it was really quite lovely and peaceful. As I was closing my eyes to attempt sleep, I remembered something, and I became too curious. I got up and put on my housecoat, just a basic one as I hadn't hit the thrice-divorced part of my life yet, and wandered into the hall, trying to be as quiet as possible. I went over to the photo that had shifted as my unfortunate friend made his final walk down this very hall. The frame was old. The photo within had been taken out back by the retaining wall. It showed a young couple smiling at the camera, throwing a bouquet of flowers in the air. It looked like a 1920s wedding photo. I looked closely at the couple. Her face was almost exactly as it had been an hour ago but frozen in happiness, not fear. They were definitely my two ghostly companions who had only just recently melted into nothingness on my bed. I quietly pried the picture off the wall and took it back to my room, adding it to my rather small pile of findings. At least things were finally coming together. Thank you for listening. 
Our custom sound was created by Kevin Ross. Our custom artwork and sound editing was done by Michael Pivas. If you'd like to reach me, please email me at ghoulshollow at gmail.com or you can find me on Facebook at Ghoulshollow the Podcast.